0: want a little background music (laughs) i can't hear you your mic muted i can't hear you
1: it was muted you would think you would think i would know what i was doing (laughs) i don't know how that happened you and i were just talking about two minutes ago before we went on the air so let me do that again hello everybody welcome to another edition of wednesdays with wheels it's your favorite friend on wednesday David Wheels max. Well, a little technical difficulty there. Happens every now and then. I don't know how I hit the uh must have been when I was adjusting the microphone. Didn't even notice it. Uh real quick programming update. We usually do uh a special podcast once a year with Santa Claus. Unfortunately this year, uh I spoke to Santa all the way from the North Pole and he is so busy in the workshop that we are unable to make that happen this year. So we hope to bring that back next year for all the kids. Uh, I know they enjoy it, but uh, won't be happening this year. Just a little programming note there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited about this podcast because I just got to meet this, John. We've been friends on Facebook for probably uh, three or four years, but I just got to meet him the other day when we both got to sit in with uh, the lovely Deanna King uh, on the uh, – Tulio Indiana show. Chris Kanye, Chris, how are you, my friend? Good to see you.
0: Doing good. I was honored uh, that you asked me. We were sitting there during the commercial break, and you were like, hey, you want to come on Wednesday with wheels? I'm like, when? You're like, how about Wednesday? I'm like, I'm in. So here we are. Very excited. Here we
1: are. And before we go any farther, I want you to be able, I want to start out and let you pr- promote uh, your your podcast, The Gil Lane Show, and uh, tell people who uh, who may not be familiar with it uh, what they couldn't expect, and uh, give them a little rundown of it.
0: So it's hard to put it into words. You know, in the podcast world, you want uh, you want to have a niche. That's what everybody says, and we don't have that. So, what I've been telling people is, if you have the sense of humor, where uh, once in a while you might say a joke that makes people groan, whether it's at you know the holiday party or at a barbecue or a church or whatever, we're probably the show for you. If if you like um you know uh, uh, famous comedians, their podcasts. I'm not saying we're that caliber yet but uh we emulate uh our production quality and our sense of humor off of uh, some of the biggest comedians touring right now so if you have that sense of humor that's a little off uh check out the gill lane show it's the gill lane show g-i-l-l on youtube um is where we're trying to grow the most so we have about 500 and something subscribers now in the first six months so the most important thing you could do first off is to Go to the shorts. If you just watch the little clips, if you laugh at a couple of those, then you check out the show. The show's about an hour long for free every Tuesday. I don't want to compete with Wheels here, uh, oh. and on, on YouTube. So the best thing you could do for us is subscribe, uh, like, comment on stuff. That in itself is is supportive uh, to, right. to a, you know to the length of you probably unless you have a channel of your own, you don't realize how important that is. So well, the Gill Lane Show on YouTube, or you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And people don't realize how important, even on Facebook, uh, the like and the share is really the share, right? Because, and the comments, the more comments you get on a live video, the more Facebook says, wow, people really like this. We need to push it out to more people and they push it out to more people. So it is really important uh, coming from two, listen, we're two guys here trying to do our thing, uh, separate from, uh, terrestrial radio, uh. And, uh, so please, that is, that is very important. Uh, I want to talk to you because it's interesting a little bit about podcasting and I have to tell you that I, because it's interesting a little bit about podcast oh, ju- he's just sharing the podcast.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Sorry about that.
1: No problem. No problem. Um, uh, but I wanted to talk to you because I really do like you say podcasting, they say you need a, a niche, right? Mm-hmm. And But I really enjoy your type of podcast because it does have that radio feel to it. Uh, but just just talk to me a little bit uh, as a guy who's been in radio, and then you move over to the podcasting side. Is it different for you in the sense because in radio, we have to be so careful of what we say and, and all of this, whereas in podcasting, you don't really have to worry about that too, too much.
0: Well, of course, there's you know the, the the stuff that is by law you can't say right, and and it was fun when I was in radio to flirt around the kind of edgy or you know sometimes off-color sense of humor that I personally enjoy hearing being around and and trying to uh, you know tell those jokes myself. Um, with podcasting now you would think back when the internet started of course it was the wild west like you can get you can get away with anything and that's why all these people get canceled years later is because all that stuff pops back up so uh, you know of course you could say the seven uh sinful words or whatever the george carlin thing is uh, on the internet because there's no fcc um but i have a business my co-host has his own business my other uh, co-host Mo, he has a few jobs, you know, on the line and he's he's raising a kid. So there are repercussions for saying crazy stuff or using certain language. But I think uh, it's a good it's a it's a good challenge still to, um, you know, try to be funny, try to be edgy, give something that radio can't all while not getting fired or not getting clients or being put on the news for saying something that the world doesn't seem to that doesn't like at that given time. So. Yes, it's 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 different, but it's not much different because it's it's on the internet; it's there forever. So you do have to, you know, uh, uh, be careful—just a lot less careful.
1: It is very true, and I and I and I think there is a a Buffalo Bills head coach that uh, learned that firsthand, right? Yeah,
0: it's uh, a great example. I mean, four uh, years
1: four years later, uh, something can pop up, and then. But- yeah. And get you in trouble.
0: What's nice is what we're going for. I think I can speak for my co-host is, you know, one one day we have our own audience and we can push those boundaries a little more like we're trying to be, you know, we're definitely ourselves like we we, we don't really censor stuff comes out while well, I bleep out just because I know that YouTube won't like it, the specific words or, or whatever. Right. Um, but eventually we want to build our own little audience. And I say little like uh, audience of 10 to 20,000 people who check us out every week. Then yeah, we could push those boundaries because we know they're there for us. They're like us, they're our sense of humor. They're not gonna run off and and you know try to get us in trouble. And if anybody else tries to get us in trouble, they're gonna have our back and still come every week and still pay to watch our premium episodes and stuff like that. So I think that's the you know, three, five, ten year plan on that. But it is a lot um, it's a lot uh more of a frontier than a corporate radio job might be, where sure, you know, you go up a ladder, you go up a market, whatever. There's always that chance where someone tells you you're not good enough and you're gone. This is grassroots build it yourself. People who tune into this every week know you're going to, you know, wheels, that they're going to be here every week, no matter what is going on in the world or what's mm. going on in your life and stuff like that. So it feels really, really good to get the validation of, of starting something that you think is going to be good, high production quality, be funny um, and, you know, and, and see it go somewhere.
1: Yeah. And uh, it is is—it is one of those things like I love doing radio. Radio is great. It's 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 so much fun. I, I i talk about it as sitting in a room with I've never done the type of radio that you you had done. So you had been on uh, PXY mm-hmm. right? and then you moved over to uh, were you anywhere else before PXY or after PXY before the B?
0: So I started in New York. I uh, wanted to be on the air. Uh, So I moved up to Rochester, didn't even know where Rochester was. I thought it was upstate New York, you know, Ah. stones throw past New York City. If you go north, Um, little did I know, it's northwest six hours, moved here by myself to I uh, I applied for uh, Pat, the producer. If People remember Pat, the producer. He unfortunately got fired for doing something, saying something, covering something up. I don't know. It's ancient history at this point. Pat's an all right guy. Right. And I uh, applied for that job. Got it because I wanted to be on the microphone. And uh, they wouldn't let you do that in New York without experience, which is kind of a catch-22, because they're not going to give you experience. But you have to be on—you have to have experience to get on their airwaves. So you have to get out and get back in. That was my plan, but I ended up falling in love with Rochester and staying. Uh, So I started with Kimberly and Beck. They got fired within, like, a year, I think, the first time from the buzz. Okay. Um, While I was on on the buzz, they— They wanted to give me a little more money when I first moved here, coming from the big city, New York. And when I say more money, I mean it's still an insulting amount of money as a salary. Right, right, Uh, right. uh, But so they justified it. The way they do it in radio is they'll give you more money, uh, but you'll have to do a couple different jobs, be on a couple different stations, do some stuff behind the scenes so they could justify it up the ladder. Oh, no, no. this, This guy isn't just the morning producer. For the buzz, he's also doing nights on PXY and he's helping a little here. That's why he makes so and so, you know, such and such amount of money every year. So that's all that was. So it was PXY and Buzz simultaneously. Um, Kimberly and Beck gets fired. They don't know what to do with the Buzz. They bring spazano and Sandy over to the Buzz. Did a couple of years with them. Got a little frustrated with how things were getting done. And I thought I, I outgrew the producer position. They didn't feel that way when it, you know, when I first brought it to their attention. So I kind of just gave my two weeks and left a um, couple of years later. I do. A, I started a little podcast network. I'm like producing shows for people who want to, you know, get their message out there. Like that was that. Was, I'll just stop
1: you there because I want to ask you about that, because that to me, I watched I watched that happen. You and I didn't personally know each other, but I watched that happen over uh, Facebook and, and Instagram and all that stuff. That seemed like quite uh, quite the undertaking that you took on there. What was that like?
0: I get, Yeah, I get a little obsessed with uh, projects like that, you know, uh, one track mind kind of thing. So I felt that I wanted to do my own show um, in some capacity. And we actually started the Gillane show at this time, but there was a kind of a blow up and we brought it back, you know, this past summer, but um, in a more serious manner. But so when I want to do my own show, I was like, well, I want a studio because I don't want to do it, uh, you know, unless I'm going to do it cameras, right. three angles, stuff like that. And I have a blue collar background. So I got like the construction part of a studio down on technologically inclined. So I kind of got that figured out. I can go down a YouTube rabbit hole if I don't know what to do. So I was really ambitious about this. So I started in a smaller studio, put it together and eventually got to a bigger studio in university. And I was producing uh, fitness podcasts, real estate podcasts, fantasy football podcasts, cannabis podcasts, um, and then there was another lifestyle podcast on there. I would charge to produce people's shows and stuff like that. And it was going okay. I mean, I had to charge a certain amount uh, to make it worth my time. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't a line out the door, but I had six or eight people also, you know, produced a movie review podcast. So I had six or eight people, uh, you know, buy a 10-episode run, and that would help pay the rent of the studio, which was like eight to $900. It wasn't cheap. And right. I kind of broke even but at the same time had access to this state-of-the-art DIY uh, podcast studio to do whatever I wanted to do with. Right.
1: Is there any thought of now that, you, now that you're back uh, doing podcasts, is there any thought of maybe bringing something like that back? Well, um,
0: I found out uh, that it's not a real practical way to make a, a primary income. I i I have an overhead. Uh, you know, I have a house now. I have an yes. investment property. I have a business and business insurance. And my wife makes great money. It's but I have to be a, a pretty serious contributing uh, person to our household income. So. I would love if, say, the Gill Lane show, or I should say when you're supposed to manifest these things, uh, blows up. I would love to be the... We learned that
1: from Deanna, didn't we, by the way? She (laughs) writes things on the bottom of her shoes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I should start writing this, but it's a little long. I I do have big feet, so I could probably fit it. But I would love the business end of it. So if we had the uh, stability and the infrastructure, I would absolutely like to have meetings with people who would want to do some sort of podcasts. And you know, we offer some sort of uh a staff and a facility and and then we do a, a rev share of some sort where you know our channel could put their channel on like uh, if you, people are familiar with uh, tom segura the comedian he yeah. has this uh, production company called your mom's house studios and they do they do this but they do it at the nfl level of podcasting so i would love to i would love to do that one day but for now i learned to try not to take too many things on At once, especially if they're not really generating a serious income, uh, you know, at the moment.
1: Well, it's interesting because I looked into, so I started the whole podcast, my podcast when the pandemic started. Because uh, I don't, so for people, people ask me this question all the time and I don't really think it's their business, but I'll say it on the podcast here. I am a a guest on the Brother Wee Show And I, and when I fill in on Deanna's show, I don't get paid from radio. So let's be, that's been asked a bunch breaking news here, I guess. I don't, don't know that it's anybody's business, but there you go. Uh, But I look, I, when I started this podcast two years ago, it's because during the pandemic, they said, we're not, we're not allowing any guests into the studio because they were being Mm. safe and all of that stuff. And I thought to myself, I need to find a way to keep putting my voice out there so that seems like sort of what it was like for you when you left radio you we do get this bug right you get a bug for for having the ability to share your opinions with people
0: well I, it is that and it, I'll be honest and vulnerable it's ego I think I could do it better I think I could do it better than these radio companies can do it, and I'm not knocking the personal people that you and I know, like the local people. Wheels, like right. the 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 wonderful Billy Kid at WBE. I mean, the guy is the guy has so many plates in the air. He looks like he's coming out of Dogtown Kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, and then right. you have TS over at iHeart. Like, I'm not knocking these people. I just think the infrastructure all the way at the top down, and you know, slashing talent at the knees and stuff like that, and like. Firing people like it's not their livelihood and they didn't move across the country for. I just think, I don't know, this this cookie-cutter version of entertainment that most of radio has become. Rochester's lucky. We have a decent market. It's There's some entertaining stuff on our airwaves. But if you look across the country, there's a lot of cookie-cutter stuff. And what I mean by that, it's everybody reads from the same prep thing. Everybody has the same style. Um, you know, everybody kind of does the same bits, the prank calls and stuff like that. Like, I just think I... I think I could do it better, so I'm going to try because there's no way to know for sure unless I try. So, the po- jumping into the podcast world um, is a lot. Is a lot of of course I want to try and entertain. Like I I love I love it I love it sure. I you know since I heard a radio show, uh, you know my early adult life driving around in a, a work van. But um, part of another part is ego. I want to be able to say, hey, when I asked for that raise and you said no, you made a big mistake because I just built this thing. That makes five times that a year. And you had me and you let me go. So what whatever you want to do with that as far as being mentally unhealthy, whatever, but I am competitive. I grew up in New Jersey. It's a very condensed, competitive atmosphere from grade school to the to the to, to the work industries to getting in line for concert tickets to getting in line for a freaking breakfast sandwich is competitive. So there's yeah. a lot of that in me. And uh I want to at least find out if I'm right or wrong. Whereabouts in New York did you grow up? So, I grew up in New Jersey, Edison, New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Okay. Middlesex County. But, uh, you know, no traffic. Uh, not right now. If you drove through right now, you'd be in trouble. But if I was to go to the city tonight at 10 o'clock and I lived where I lived and grew up, I'd be there in 30, 35 minutes.
1: Gotcha. So, when you, I, I often like to, it's interesting to me. It's just dawning on me, just, just in this moment while we were talking about this, that last week I had Jeremy Newman on, and now I'm having you on, and Jeremy, you, took over for Jeremy, uh, on the B it's interesting because you had now, ne- I think I read something that you posted when you joined the B, uh, that country music wasn't necessarily the genre, uh, that you had grown up listening to or been a part of. Right. So was that a challenge for you as well to, to step into that, uh, role in a, on a country music station?
0: Well, it, I learned by then um, I was getting a call back. So what happened was the guy I quit from per se, the guy, the manager of the radio station when I, when I was on the buzz. And I said, I want the lead. I want the quarterback position. I want the lead role, not not the lead role. I shouldn't say I don't want to be the the guy, but I want to be above the producer. I want to at least be a co-host. You know, that's a right. big deal in the radio world. I, I know it sounds probably silly hearing it if you're not familiar with how it, it all works, but it is a big deal name on the show, stuff like that, because, with that comes a lot more opportunity. So sure. for example, if Wegmans wants to have somebody talk about their new, uh, let's say they get a new um, a barista bar, a coffee thing that they're trying to uh, advertise for, not that they need advertising, but go with me on this hypothetical situation. Sure. Are they going to go with the guy who talks three minutes or three, three or four words every segment? Or are they going to go with the guy whose name is on the show? Who's going to get more of a recognition? So, with that co-host role, with the name on the show, you get way more opportunity to make more money, to grow your career, stuff like that. So I was really I was really hung up on that. I thought I deserved it. So I quit because I didn't get it. Not a great lesson, but it's just how it happened. Um, and then a couple of years went by, I was grinding with the podcast thing in the sense of trying to figure out how to make it work. I was putting content out still. I was getting better every episode, just like you would uh, every visit to the gym or every time you write a song sure. or practice a whatever. So I got the call, they called me and something clicked in my head there where I was like, all right, just go into this strictly business. Let's get right down to the money, the opportunity, the expectations. I, you know, I I was very romantic about radio when I first got in. And unfortunately that romance dies after, I wouldn't say a certain amount of time, but a certain series of events. Okay. You lose a little trust. You realize it's just a big business and it's corporate and stuff like that. So I was strictly business. So they asked if I like country music. I said, not really. Um, is this gonna work? I don't know. And then I asked about the salary. And relatively speaking, from what I was making before I quit on the buzz to what I'd be making on the B, it was a it was a significant raise, almost double. Sure. So I was like, Yeehaw. <laughs> I could yeah. look, I'm not gonna pretend to be uh somebody who grew up down south in, in Alabama or whatever and, and had a rusty old pickup truck, but I knew that I could take my strengths. Of my blue collar experience and kind of make that country because country is you know of course it's growing up in the south cowboy boots cowboy hat I wasn't doing the hat and boots thing but I could work in blue collar you know sitting on the back of a sitting on the top of a a upside down spackle bucket in the back of a work van and I can get that in there that that rough and and rugged lifestyle and those memories in and use that as content I'm not going to out Fish and hunt Jeremy Newman. I sorry, it's my like new iOS. If people are watching, the thumbs up just went up. But um we're gonna have to talk after the show. I I, I want to <laughs> know how all that works. Oh, that's crazy. Watch this. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. But I'm not gonna uh outfish and out hunt Jeremy Newman. And I knew that going in that chair that he he had for a long time. So I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna try to, you know, I, I'm not you can only be someone you're really not for for so long. It gets it gets really tough to keep up with. And I and I'm someone who speaks off the top of my head, so I I would have got caught quick talking about fishing and hunting because I've never done either. So right. uh, it was it wasn't hard. Country music's the number one genre in the country for a reason. It's catchy. It's easily consumable. And once you get to know the artists and stuff, it's fun to see collabs, just like any genre of music. So it wasn't tough at all.
1: Is there? It, it's interesting because you just mentioned taking over, taking over, walking in and taking over uh, Jeremy Newman's seat. And what I find in the Rochester radio market is we've got some, this in the Rochester market is unusual to several markets. You normally see your hosts move around quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. I look at someone like someone who you worked with and I want to, and I've never met her, would love to meet her, would love to get her on the podcast. But Terry Clifford, who has been in the Rochester market forever, you look at somebody like Brother Weeze, what what do you think it is about the Rochester market that keeps keeps people love their their personalities?
0: Uh familiarity is the simple answer. I, I I mean, I think that it's the world's small smallest city in the sense of, I mean, I was here, what, two years? And I was in my early 20s. I could You can walk into a bar and see somebody you hadn't seen before. You know, it's not very like that. Da- you know, in New York City, you can date, not that I did this, but you can have three or four girlfriends at the same time. And it would never go south. Like, it was it's so many people. They'd never so find out the- about each other. <laughs> they would never. And they're probably dating three or four other people. You know what I mean? So right. it's not like that in Rochester. We like our familiarity. We like our, our Wegmans. And we like our Bill Grays on Tuesdays. And, we you know, it's very routine and regimented and and uh, trying something new is dangerous for a fragile corporate infrastructure. And look, I don't know much about economics. I just know from what I hear going up the ladder and back down with radio, per se. It's the only corporation I've really been a part of. But there's a lot of play. Not that these people aren't great. Terry Clifford, the funniest one of the funniest personalities in in the time my time here in the last ten years I've ever done radio with, if not the funniest. A brother we've never had the pleasure of doing radio with, but he he doesn't need any kind of accolades for me. Um, but change is uh, it's a, it's hard. It's a, it's the path the the path of least resistance is is where I think a lot of the people in in the corporate positions in, in that are in charge of the Rochester market are, are going with. Cause it's easy, right? Like it's easy to go, Hey, this is working. It, it might work better if we go with this guy, but this is working. If we pay a little more attention to it, it could work a little better, but why take the chance of wiping that out and starting with something new and it would, you know, in the chance that it might not work. So it's just a safe play, I think. And, and Rochester's lucky enough to have great people who came up and have been here a long time. So the listeners benefit from that.
1: Yeah. Uh, what was it about radio? Uh, um... For me, radio was always something that I wanted to do from very young. I remember having a WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, a little toy DJ setup that my parents uh, got me when, and I, and uh, became good friends with Donnell Hart, uh, who ran the United Cerebral Palsy Telethon, who, which is the uh, disability that I have. Uh, but what was it about radio and media for you? Was it something you knew from a young age or or was it w- were you a little bit older when you came to to want to get into radio?
0: I was older. Um, it's going to sound crazy, but I was never into music like I can't even name 10 albums just generally like I don't know anything about music. I know uh, I, I don't know anything about the history of music i know right. music like i'm pretty good at like if i'm at a band if i'm at like the tap it which is in henrietta great bar yeah and there's a band there and the band starts playing within a note or two i know what song it is like i'm i have that i don't know how rare that is but i i know music in that sense but like, I, i'm the same, way. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same I, way i can't tell you i couldn't name 10 albums if there was a gun to my head right now just 10 albums any of any kind i couldn't name 10 albums so yeah. it was the talk though once like once I heard talk radio, actual talk radio, not just talking in between songs, I was like, "There's such uniqueness to that, and, and and on your toes, funny. Like, how do you, how are those people so funny, so fast? You know what I mean? Like, how did it? Is this all scripted? And, oh my gosh, it's not scripted. You could tell it's not scripted. I had a my a friend that I worked with too that was ten years older than me, my co-host now on the Gill Lane show. His name is Bill. And he, you know, I don't know I want to call him a mentor, but he was an influence for sure. Uh, we worked at the same plumbing company, so I mean, hours on the road, miles on the road, just listening to stuff. And he's, he's uh, well spoken. He's an English graduate from Rutgers, so he would explain like and break. We would break down. People would come on the radio and talk for five minutes, and then go to break. We would break down that conversation. And it's cadence and it's pace and the vocabulary they use and the punchlines. And he set him up for this and he knew that he was going somewhere. So we stepped back we broke down the the play almost like like film up for the NFL longer than the conversation was on the radio. So I just fell in love with if this then that and and if how they got here and he used this word instead of that word which made it funnier cuz the word fork is funnier than the word spoon like stuff like stuff like that real real deep nerdy stuff and i just loved it and then when i got the opportunity from a friend from high school i just ran into her uh, one day going out on a saturday night and she worked at the radio station uh, WPLJ uh, she she offered to give me i asked for a tour of the radio station cuz she worked there she was like i'll get you a job in promotions it's 10 bucks an hour but I'll get you a job. I'm like, are you out of, are you kidding me? I'm a high school dropout. I'm a, I'm a plumber's helper for my stepdad's right. company. I was making much better money as the plumber, but I wanted to. I just wanted to see the radio station, how it all worked, how the microphones hung up, the buttons they press. How so? I just got obsessed with it, and my path led to being a the associate producer again off the air for Scott Shannon, Scott and Todd uh, for a few years before I really got the bug to be on the air. So, uh. Who were someone you
1: started listening to radio and and doing those deep dives into when you were in the when you were in the plumbing truck? Who were what were what were some of the shows you were listening to? I was well,
0: was it yeah. Howard Stern? Howard Stern, yeah, mostly Howard Stern. Just like you know, just d- around the dial because at this time, uh, I think Jason Ellis had a show, which is a skateboarder from Australia. Any talking, and this was the early part of the podcasting world, so the Joe Rogan experience was actually on some of the satellite radio shows and stuff like that. So anything where, you know, it didn't sound like a professional DJ going like this. I was all about it. I was all about it. So. Yeah.
1: Uh talk to me a little bit about because you also have a love I want I want to talk about your your other your other business that you have, uh which is your plumbing business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You learned that from uh I believe uh, from what I know you've learned you learned that skill from Was it your stepdad, your dad? How did that all come about?
0: My stepdad, uh, he was, he is. Let's say, excuse me, I I meant was as I was growing up, uh, plumbing guru. Uh, He came into my life when I was three. Uh, My brother and I uh, have a different father, biological father who passed away, but uh, uh, he stepped in as like the you know everyday father role. Uh, You know, we lived with him and my mom and and we moved into like his parents' house. And so we grew up doing, I mean, I was jumping in the work van, seven, eight years old, helping clean the truck, cleaning copper fittings. And it's this thing that like, you know, it's nice to do with your dad as you're growing up. And then it's this chore. Oh, I got to go work with dad, but it's Saturday. Oh gosh, I got to go snake a drain. I got to open up this pipe with poop in it and Uh all this other Uh stuff. It just became this chore. And then eventually I'm like, Holy crap. And then, you know, 15, 16 years old, uh, uh, I'm getting out of bed before on a school night to go help pump out a basement at 10 o'clock at night. And my stepdad's throwing me money. You know, he's paying me for it. Here's 100 bucks because he probably just made seven or eight. But here's 100 bucks. I think he wanted to, me to see the value in learning the trade. So by 16, 17, when I got my license, I was, on knocking, I was knocking on people's doors as a plumber from Atomic Plumbing out of Edison, New Jersey, my stepdad's company. And the look on their face when they would open the door and see me (laughs) coming in to like diagnose their heating system or. Right. Like, does this kid really know what he's talking about? Reseal their toilet. And look, I didn't know everything. I still don't know everything. I called my stepdad yesterday about, uh, you know, to double check something. So, but since then, fast forward, I don't know how many years, uh, 15 years now since that, you know, being a 16, 17 year old kid, I uh, worked for many companies. I worked for a commercial plumbing company. So I learned some stuff there. But I always had uh I call it a, I always had a, a snake, a torch, hand tools, and you know, a pipe wrench in any car I've ever owned in the bat in the trunk. I n- I've never had a trunk in my life until I had a separate car from my plumbing stuff. Yeah. So I always had something. So I was always changing faucets, even if it was one faucet a year that my neighbor's aunt needed or something like that. You know, uh so I always had tools just in case i needed to make money wanted to make money uh and stuff like that but now i have a full-fledged company for a few years now i started it back when i was in radio just because i kind of saw that i should have some sort of backup plan and leverage i thought (laughs) for negotiations so now i'm remodeling uh bathrooms Uh, i'm in the middle of a remodel right now in north chile uh i have a great does does it yeah when you when you so radio we do radio and then you you jump into the.
1: By the way, I'm jealous. Coke in Coke in a bottle, the best. If any, I couldn't believe. I could not believe the other day when Miss Deanna King said she had never had Coke in a bottle. Oh,
0: it's so uh, good. It's such it a is, treat. It is.
1: It is definitely a treat. And and I I had a, felt a kinship towards you when you said, <laughs> uh, you know, when we growing up as a kid, if you got it in a bottle, it was a treat, and mm-hmm. and because that didn't happen every day doing radio and then going into your own plumbing business. They are two totally different things. But were you able to take something from your plumbing from your plumbing background and and translate it into your radio? Was there was there things that you did there?
0: It's so funny. And that's going to sound like I'm putting myself on a pedestal, but this is exactly how it happened. I showed up to my first remember the part-time job that my friend from high school got me at at the radio station and I took the $10 an hour job over like the, the $20 an hour job by the time I step. Uh, so I'm at PLJ. I go, I go into the office first day and I'm dressed up for it. Cause I didn't corporate. I thought you just wear a suit. You know, I walk into the little cubby with all the other promotions people. And for people who don't know really quick promotions is nothing. We, if you get a, if you win something on the radio and get a call two days later, that person works in promotions, at least back in 2000 right. or 2012 when, when I was doing this. So I would eventually I just I'll speed this up cuz I've told this story so many times but I went on to that corporate floor like I would go like I would always go onto a job site. I didn't know any better. I didn't know there was a lot of sitting around and you know uh, just filling time and going to get coffee and and chit-chatting at the water cooler. I didn't know any of that. I thought that was just movie stuff. I went in there like cuz in in the, in the blue collar world especially down in the you know the lower tri-state area Sure. if you're not moving it doesn't matter who your dad is you're done you're gone for the day no pay like you're nice. leaving at lunch you're off the job if you're not moving there's always something to do there's always something to sweep and the blue collar people uh or the people who had blue collar uh, parents know exactly what i'm talking about so i i didn't know any better so i was you know i was like cleaning uh prize closets and i was like getting the vans for the station car washes and this is manhattan like everything's a chore but I just thought that you always had to, if you wanted to be around, you had to be contributing the entire time you're on the clock. And I think that, you know, got me noticed by the next level people, which would be the people in charge of the morning show. Cause I would go to events and everything would be set up. You know, the, 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 the extension cord for the speakers is zip tied to the table leg. It's not just dragging on the floor and you know, we're doing, everything's kind of proportional and everything's neat. And I took pride in everything, the pens, the way they were laid out. I just... I wanted to be there and I wanted to ha- have, I wanted to provide value. So I didn't get the boot and go back to cleaning, co- uh, copper pipes. Right. So it did it, that the blue collar upbringing. And it's not like I picked between the two. This wasn't like a conscious decision. It was that subconscious blue collar upbringing that I just applied because I didn't know what else to do in the corporate radio world that flung me up into a, a position that hasn't been replaced in like at the time it was like 15 years since the associate producer got turned over, so got a little lucky with the timing. But I think I was number one candidate because I I showed that that work ethic,
1: sort of the drive and sure and the yeah. If you're not knocking on the doors, you're not getting the jobs, right? Especially exactly when you especially when you own your own business. And even even in the podcasting, like I'm not gonna lie to you, I've been started this when the pandemic started, Chris mm-hmm. and. In the beginning, because of the format I do with this interview style, uh, when we were in the middle of a pandemic, uh, people were clamoring to to get next to a microphone, even if they had never been in radio or anything before, just because they wanted that human interaction. And if somebody was coming to them, say, come on and tell me some of your funny stories. yeah, It, it was very easy back at the beginning of the pandemic to get people to come on the show, right? Now uh, you have to work at it a little bit more because people have their own lives and they're doing their own thing. So that has been where I've had to uh, transition a little bit and realize uh, you have to you have to really put in a little bit more. You know, I do my homework once I get a guest, sure. but I was able to get guests right away, so that was never that was never hard. But then you realize, whoa, wait a minute, I got I've actually there's nothing more
0: humbling. Somehow I'll tell you a quick story. If you don't mind. No, go ahead. I'm only I, listen. I'm always going to look away. I just have three screens in front of me. I do this for my show. So I'm hundred percent paying attention at all no, times no, just absolutely. This is what I do. So I, I no, don't mean to disrespect you, wheels. No, absolutely. <laughs> there's nothing
1: more, um, uh, humbling. than when somebody reaches out to me and says, I got these great people. You have to have on your podcast. Uh, they're a cover band. But they—they're an all-female cover band, and they do cruise ships, and they're—and I said, "Well, what? Yeah, I mean, that's not really doesn't really fit my podcast." But tell me a little bit more about them. And they said, "Well, they're an all-female Ozzy Osbourne cover band." (laughs) Well, I'm not a big Ozzy Osbourne fan. I know very little Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, I know he bit the head off a bat, Uh (laughs) and I know he had a TV show and. Y'all sharing a lot, all that stuff.
0: <laughs> hey, you know right. a lot more than you think, apparently.
1: Right. Well, I just named three things. Maybe I do. <laughs> so I said, you know what? This could be a this could be a good podcast, though, because it's a different angle. I could go at it from the angle of they're an all-female tribute band and covering a, a very popular male artist in some uh segments. And so I reached out to them and they turned me down because they didn't have creative control over the podcast. Mm. And I said, I don't know what I could ask you that would trip up an Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> cover band. Like what is going to get you canceled?
0: Adam, that is wild. I mean, that's that you don't need them anyway. Then you know, I mean, that's kind of the reason why, um you know, I, it's scary to to invest and start in something. It's nice to have full control, like you're the show, right? And you right. could have you could have the the person who works the counter at the local bakery on, and probably get some interesting stuff out of them. That's a beautiful right. thing. But um, there's difference in that, and like depending on other people in any capacity on a consistent schedule, it's interesting. Like this, t- people probably see you know the Joe Rogan stories with the big contracts and. The people who have a million views and people who have a hundred views you know it's it's hard it's hard to this is a hard thing to do um you know as far as as mental uh you know uh, being being mentally strong
1: i get excited when process, i get a, so. i get excited when i hit two thousand views that's that's great I mean that's great. Like,
0: yeah, I mean it's 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 very congested. It's very competitive, I guess, because you're competing for people's time. You're not really competing like you know on the sales floor or anything like that. You're competing for people's time and attention. I mean, people only have so many hours a week to listen to a podcast. So, I you know I got to be better than Conan O'Brien. I have to be better than Howard Stern. I got to be better than Elvis Duran, and and I got to be better than Brother Weeze, and all these 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 forms of entertainment I'm competing with. So. It yeah. is uh you gotta really like it. You gotta like doing it because that that's the end of the day. It's 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 fun to laugh with my friends in New Jersey. My co- two closest. Or f- if you haven't seen the show, there we're in three different locations. I have, the-
1: and I, so I I wanted to talk to you a little bit about yeah. that because I watched uh or I I actually listened to a couple episodes, but it's it's interesting to me, and I didn't start from the beginning. So I'm I am you know when you don't start when you don't start from the beginning of a podcast sometimes you don't pick up on everything right Mm -hmm. but uh listening to you talk here it's very interesting to me that your other your other co-hosts were they not in radio they there
0: or were they because they seem very polished in what they do they were not um they so i've done a podcast it's funny if we look back now but uh i did a podcast with bill so it's me Bill and Mo. Mo is short for, I don't know what he's had that name since he was a kid, but his name's Chris Navalino. His nickname's Mo. We call him Mo because there's another Chris. Keeps it easy. So I did a podcast with Bill when podcasts like first came out and, you know, I kind of look back sometimes and go, had we kept going, would we be, you know, well off and that would be our full-time job. But can't do that you know that, that that'll keep right. you up at night also life happens who knows we could have never we could have hated each other eventually and it would have never worked out anyway because yeah. we were young and immature and different we had different points in our lives but so i did a show with bill you know we got a uh 89 set setup off of uh, probably from like radio shack or, or um guitar center at the time because it's amazon funny, when real- i first
1: started when i first started djing doing weddings and stuff my first it's funny you say radio Shack because my first mixer. Was literally from Radio Shack.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we got the, uh, we got, a, a, I think it was a couple hundred bucks actually. But anyway, I got it from a Guitar Center. We figured out how to do it and put it on Apple. And we did uh, 50 or 60 episodes, maybe, maybe that much. I don't know. It. It's been so long. Uh, but then I got the Rochester radio job. So we put it to bed because it didn't, it wouldn't have worked. I had to move six hours away. Right. Uh, and then Bill and Mo did their own show for, a few episodes, uh, actually several, I think they had 40 or 50 themselves, which is a lot, you know, that probably, t- it's probably a year or two's worth of episodes. Um, and they had some fans and it was really funny and they got some action on, in social media. You know, I think they got like a former president to respond to them on, on social media. Oh, wow, really? That's big. Yeah, make- yeah. Just like a little stuff like that. And it was fun. And then life got in the way for them. This, this one moved, that one got a different job hours at their job. This one started a business. This one got into a relationship that kind of fizzled out. So. Um after I left The Buzz, we did the Gil Lane show um, the first time, and uh, I was so hot and and focused for the wrong reasons on the fact that they didn't give me a chance to host my own show that I had, a, I had such a venom inside me to, uh, I don't know, to do well on this podcast at, at a pace that is not even possible. Like, I was... Oh, I was investing in like promotional stuff. We didn't even do two or three episodes and I'm like so far ahead, right? right? I got so wound up and I snapped at one of the, my friends who I did the show with and they were in a not so great place. So they snapped back and we kind of had a blowout for a few months. And so the show obviously dissolved. So um, that's when the podcasting started and stuff like that. But anyway, um, fast forward, started the show again. We kind of took our time with it actually, you know, I, Uh, As far as starting the new show again, um, we were doing practice shows at the beginning of this year, knowing my contract was coming up and there'd be a chance I wouldn't resign at the B. Uh, So we were really serious about it. We're getting our reps in. And that's why I think they sound so polished. First of all, they're, they're comedy fans. They know, you know, word economy and to say, you know, certain words like we were talking about before dissecting radio shows. They know that. Well, they're funny. They're funny when you hang out with them. Uh, so they get that part. But I think us doing these practice shows, I think we did like 15 shows that we never even released because we wanted to just get our reps in and get our timing down and, and you know, cues from each other, especially over video like this. It's a little harder. So that, I think, you know, it's the simple answer after all that entire diatribe there uh, was uh, was that the, the practice, the practice paid off. We we The 10, 15 episodes of, of practice shows that we did Really, uh, you know, got me in a slower pace of talking because on the B, you know, you talk five minutes, you take a ten-minute break, you talk five minutes, take a ten-minute break. Uh, One-hour podcast, you you got to slow down and breathe and let stuff let stuff sit there and stuff like that. So, just the simple answer here is is practice. We got the practice in.
1: Yeah, well, you did a you did a great job with the practice because when I was listening, uh, and uh, you have a fan in me now, so I will continue to listen uh and like i said i enjoy that style of podcast because it it is more radio like and to be able to in fact i was listening to a couple episodes and uh i'm thinking to myself this is while i like the interview format like we're doing here because i'm just very curious about people uh, uh there's something about telling a joke or um feeding off of somebody else's joke that, and especially in radio and with podcasts, it's different because we don't get to hear the automatic laughter of if the joke lands or not. Uh But when we know when the joke land is when somebody posts about it on social media, or you'll be out in public and they'll mention to you, Uh. you know, uh, and just talk about that for a second. What kind of feeling is that like for you? because I know what it is for me but when somebody says to you man that was a really great podcast you did and they they bring back specific moments from the podcast
0: oh there's nothing better especially when it's something that you're creating yourself like in radio of course i the occasional oh my gosh i spit my coffee out when i heard blank i mean that is that is like the pinnacle of of feedback you can get if you're trying to do and you know comedically entertaining radio right whether they're lying or not, it strokes my fragile little ego. <laughs> and by the way, everyone in radio has an ego. Some people they oh, are just, yes, better we at, do. They're just better at hiding it. Okay. Um, but when you're, when I'm like, I'm sitting in a studio that I put together, spare bedroom in my house, uh, hours and hours of YouTube videos learning. Now I'm a high school dropout, dropped out of 11th grade. So I have no like, no co- college experience of any kind of communications degree of any kind. It's just all self taught. You know, processing and video editing and stuff like that, right? Um, but when you when you you know when something starts from a text and it gets to the point where it gets fifty thousand views on TikTok, which is a lot for me and us, the Gillian yeah. Show on on TikTok. By the way, I think we we have a couple over fifty thousand, which is awesome. And you know, strangers comment on it, and like your friends, some of your friends actually the the strangers are the more supportive people. To be honest with you, I have some great friends who support the Patreon, which is our pay per view bonus episode. Uh, but when strangers say something, you know, like you just saying you listen to a couple episodes, it kind of made me sit up in my chair because we're creating this thing out of absolutely nothing. That is a different level of of satisfaction because, you know, we know we have a we know we have something that we you know, we talk all the time. We feel we have like a huge secret uh, that we put together this highly produced video and audio show that's consistent every single week for the last six months that is you know there's this, there's a level of a you know, there's a bar that we don't go below as far as um you know how, how good the quality is at least when you're watching and listening to it um and we really try you know we we treat this like a, a job that we already have you know we meet on mondays at 9 a.m no exceptions and if we're gonna miss something here and there if somebody's on vacation we make sure we pre-record a brand new show so the audience gets is the best product they can get from us given the circumstances. So it feels really good to perform in a way that we would perform if we had uh, 10 followers or 10,000 followers. We're putting out that same product uh, either way. And that's another interesting thing uh, because I learned
1: very quickly, uh, you know, you, I, I look at, at how the podcast, my podcast is doing and uh, more so I'm trying to grow the audio side of things a little bit. Uh, the video side of things uh, are is doing quite well. It's easier because I come from the Brother Wee show, and that's Skews a little bit older, so it's easier for them to, for you to, for me to say to them, "I'll be live on Facebook every Wednesday." Sure. It pops up in their notification that Wheels is live. They'll p- pop in. When you start, when you start asking people to go to, you know, your favorite podcasting platform at a certain age, people the you know, the younger generation knows that more than, than maybe the older generation, but how often that was a long way around my question, which was how often do you take a look at your, your, how you're performing or do you not worry about that? Because it's just, you've just got to get it under your feet and you, if you worry too much about the numbers, then you stop enjoying it.
0: Well, nonstop, I am obsessed with the numbers and I know that's unhealthy. It's, it, you know, it, trying to figure out what YouTube likes to show people is like, you know, trying to find the cure for cancer. I, I mean, it is, it's is—it's crazy and it seems impossible to figure out what, um, you know, what will help uh, your next video get views. And I'm sure people have it figured out. But I think that takes away from, uh, you know, who, what you would actually put out if you didn't know that, you know what I mean? Like sure. if, if YouTube told me today, Hey, we really like cat people talking about cats and the different colors of cats and the different stripes on cats. Do I do my next podcast? Do I go to Bill and Mo and go, Hey, YouTube likes cats. Can we come up with material about cats? Now we could, and we probably would, but we probably do it wrong. <laughs> we would probably do it in a way YouTube didn't like, but, uh, I'm a hypocrite. I know looking at the numbers are, is unhealthy, but I do it. I do it nonstop, and I wish you know there was a, a, a formula because I would love. I would love to try to to try to uh, expose the formula. It's figuring out the formula that's crazy, and and it, it seems impossible. And for the older people listening, I have two things to say from your last thing. One, you have. Oh, let's see. You have. Did we go live again? Oh, no, no. I don't know. Last time we looked at uh 15, 20 people watching right now. Those yeah, 15 we're 20 at 17 pe- right now. They're picking this over everything on Netflix. They're picking this over any kind of uh you know uh news um outlet sure over Hulu, over playing a game on their phone, whatever. It could be multitasking, but what I'm saying is don't discredit that. You have you have the, the full attention of of 17 people of 17 people were standing in front of you right now. You'd be like, why are all these people listening to me? I, I mean, I don't have anything to say, this but is very uh, true. so you should tell you should, you should not discredit that. And for the older people who don't check out podcasts, you're missing out. I'm not just saying that you really are missing out. You're messing, you're missing out on the on-demand part of it. You're missing out on, um, you know, investing in, in the people who do them in the sense of like, Hey, uh, you know, these, all these people have, have a, 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 Point of view on, on a lot of things that might align with yours and you might go, wow, I did I thought I was the only one that thought that way. Or thought the, I thought I was the only one that thought that was funny because of XYZ. So I would highly encourage maybe make it your New Year's resolution to uh, check out three or four podcasts in the first three or four months of 2024 because you are you're missing out. I mean it's it's it, it is it is a freeing. Uh, medium that I, I think you you know it's for everybody just if you find the right shows and by the
1: way if you're gonna do that and when you're gonna check out three or four shows make sure you check out the Gil Lane show and uh, support uh, Chris Kanye and his buddies who are putting uh, by the way uh, when you talk about uh, uh, quality of, of what you're putting out there that's where I lack a little bit because I I never Um, I never really dove deep into that when I, when I started this, my journey into radio started because I met brother Weeze playing poker. I told him some funny stories and he said, man, you are funny. You need to come up on the radio and tell some of your stories. Mm -hmm. And, And it's been a dream ever since never really focused on the, um, the other aspects of it because I was, there's a great. I always think of it this way. When somebody, there is a great sense of pride that I take when Wheeze invites me in on Fridays and Deanna invites me in, uh, when they can say, we trust you enough. Mm-hmm. We trust you enough to stand, sit in front of this microphone and talk intelligently and have intelligent takes and not screw it up for us.
0: Well, it's all knowing, knowing it, like knowing, okay, I'm going to wrap up after this word in this sentence uh, and, and I'm going to move away from the mic when I have to cough and I'm going to get in and get out in my thought. And I'm like, look, I'm the guest host. I'm the guest host. And, you know, the producer talks a lot. And, okay, uh, obviously the, co- the co-hosts are going to talk. But when I have something that's really at least a B, B plus, I'm going right. to say it. And I'm going to get like knowing that. Is is uh, almost more than half the battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I show you a picture or something real quick? Can I present sure. here? Um, share screen. I want to just show you what it takes. Like this is my setup here. Okay. Yeah. Um, you gotta, you hold add, on. I'll bring it up on the screen. Hold on. I want to show people like with the high production quality. It's not easy. Like this is my. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, three professional lights. Um, I have my camcorder. little will see above the screen right there. Three screens. I have the, the board. I have a, a shortcut system where I could play sound bites like, surprise, surprise. you know, at, at the touch of a button. And, uh, you know, it, it's not easy to put on a high quality show. Uh, once you get like a workflow and stuff like that, of course, yeah. um, it, it, wow. you, you get used to it, but, it is when you see these high quality shows someone who knows what they're doing is putting it on or the person sitting in front of the camera is doing it themselves so it does take you know it does take some time so that's why like we we'll go back to the beginning here the share the like the comment any feedback good or bad is humongous it is yeah. humongous
1: humongous like people don't understand that if i get if i get 15 shares 20 shares that's going to increase my audience by by so much Because it's putting it in front of people that may never have seen it
0: before. All Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Rumble, uh, YouTube, all they want to do is keep you, the people watching, on their platform. So if they sense that you, you or people like you like that thing, they're gonna keep showing it to you, just like a store. If a store realizes, you know, why do do you think the rotisserie chickens are in the back? Because they want you to walk through the store, want you to go through the whole store, right? So you can see all the other great stuff before you and get to the thing. impulse buy. Yes, before you get to the thing you really love, and then they know you're coming for the rotisserie yeah. chicken. So, just like anything else, these these platforms are a business. So, it's, I don't know, so it, tr- it's
1: it's so true. Let me let me ask you before we wrap up, just a couple more questions. Sure. Uh, yeah, your you are married. And mm-hmm. when we were in the studio the other day, you were showing us a video of your wife. Meredith is her name. Is that right?
0: Yep, Meredith. And,
1: and uh, she was doing something for you in front of a green screen. Yeah. Uh, so what is it like having a partner or, uh, that is so supportive of what you do and also joins in on the podcast?
0: Uh, man, I couldn't put it into words. I, 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 uh, I don't know what. I would do I probably would be alone if I didn't have somebody that could do I'm not saying my standards are high it's my patience is low I'm not praising myself I'm knocking myself but <laughs> she's the she's the life of of the relationship she like you know she's the funny one uh, nobody I I get the feeling when I walk into places the first people people say where's Meredith before they say hi to me and right. I, I don't know if it's a joke or not. It's hilarious. And if its it is, it doesn't really bother me, but you know, I notice it because it's funny. Uh I doubt that happens with her. I doubt <laughs> I doubt she walks in. And people are like, hey, where's Chris? Like she's the funny, right. she's the funny one. She I just I like to extort that or expose that, I should say, is a better word. Uh she's just, I don't know, I don't know why how she became as funny and, and performative as she is. But people who know her or have seen the videos I put up, none of it's scripted. Like none of it, you know, none of it is. Uh, hey, do that again. All of it is really just catching her. She's probably, you know, downstairs listening to Christmas music on her third or fourth bowl of pasta and trying to moonwalk across the kitchen floor in her yeah. socks <laughs> with nobody watching. That's just that's just the, the that's psycho just she, is. she is. Yeah. yeah, so it's awesome. It's, uh, I can't even put it into words. I'm, it's I'm sorry. Inter-
1: it's interesting though. Would, has there ever been times where, you know, because it's interesting with what you and I do. And, uh, not so much with the podcast cause we're not, we're, we are not we we do not I mean, yours is a little different. You're sitting around with three of your buddies. Is there ever a time where she's like, I really wish you didn't tell that
0: story? Uh, I've had girlfriends do that. I mean, she's, you know, uh, yeah, of course it's always, it always comes up yeah. and, uh, but yeah. it's never like a, if it's embarrassing cause she said or did something silly, She doesn't care. She cares, but she doesn't care. I would never, there's some things I would never say because it's it's also just not worth um it's not worth the pop you might get from an audience to you know have a
1: seconds of fame type of thing.
0: Have that trust broken in the relationship. It it usually isn't. I mean, there are definitely circumstances where you're like, come on, this is too good not to tell people. This is so good, this is one of those memorable things where they come up to you and say they spit their coffee up, please. And you'll right. get permission here and there or, you know, behind the curtain thing, you take something that she might not want to share. And this is what radio does all the time. They'll just say it's from an email or their cousin yeah. from out of state, sure. you know, or they will package it in a different way. So you could have be- you could have the best of both worlds if you're a little creative. Yeah, it is.
1: It just it is an interesting dynamic because we put ourselves out there so much. And some people don't want to be put out there as much. And that's a a fine line you have to walk. Yeah. Um, If you could give my last question for you will be this. If you could give a person who was thinking about starting a podcast or getting into uh, radio, something like that. If you could give them one piece of advice, what would that be?
0: Uh, Don't get into radio. And I know that sounds like someone who was... uh is biased because it didn't work out for me, but you want, if you're good, it'll work. Like you want to have full control over your stuff in the sense of any, of any kind, you know, whether any, at any level, you want to be able to do it the way you want to do it and, you know, take your lumps the way that you should and, and get, and have your wins the way you should. And I just think control um, of your, of your product, especially if you're building it in a little closet in your house is uh is a hundred percent uh the most important thing now as far as growing it and doing it consistency is one, two, and three on your priority list because if you build this expectation, I don't care if it's to two people, if you're not there Wednesday nights the way you say you're gonna be at seven o'clock like wheels is things start to fall off. I mean people mm. you you kind of break that trust in, in that way. And there's so much there's so many other options out there that are that will be there at seven mm. o'clock on Wednesday nights. So Be as consistent as possible. And now there's no excuse not to be ending the wheels a little different because he's going live. So he needs to have something prepared and someone there for the live thing. But a pre-recorded podcast, uh, for example, I'm I'm producing Terry Clifford's podcast that's coming out early 2024. It's called uh, Studio Diaries. It's audio. It'll uh, be 30 minutes. I think it comes out every Friday. We haven't perfectly decided that yet. But my point is, we're probably going to record four weeks of, of episodes right before we even release because now you have a savings account of right. episodes so there's no excuse not to be consistent unless you don't meet and record a podcast episode for a month you're not going to fall behind so there's no excuse to not be consistent just uh you know just make sure that plan is in place um and while there's no rush to get episodes out the the you know the cliche just start thing is is very true so it's very
1: it's very interesting because when I started this podcast, I went out and bought, uh, I went out and bought something so that I could do podcasts on the go and uh, mm-hmm. and all of that <laughs> stuff because it was only going to be an audio podcast. And then the pandemic hit, and of course that all changed, right? Mm-hmm. And so it is. And by the way, I've tried to do a show where it's just me interacting with the audience. Yeah that it's still, it is one of the most difficult, I've done it. Can't say I've done it well, but I've done it. It is still one of the most difficult things to do because you don't have somebody to bounce ideas off of. And when you need to take a breath, someone to fill that
0: time. Well, if you could, if you could swing it, you could, you could share your screen. So if like you wanted to talk about, uh, say you did three stories that happened this week in Rochester, like a, you know, and then obviously pre-review, you know, read those stories in advance and have right. your bullet points and then share the DNC article. And then maybe, maybe you can get a little more out of that if you ever wanted to do it solo. I've tried the solo thing too. It's hard. It's hard because yeah. you don't know when you're go drifting off or where you're actually going to be going somewhere. You know, you don't have that half a second to think. So right. the dynamic, yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, some of the some of the most brilliant comedians do that and probably struggle with it still, even after being successful. So it is hard. Well, listen, Chris Kanye. thank you so much for doing this. Can you just stay
1: right there for one second while I close out the show? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Wednesdays with Wheels. Uh, join us next week. Um, I'm not sh- quite sure who we're going to have yet because we are coming up against the holiday season, so it, it is a little bit more difficult. But stay tuned to uh, social media platforms, and we will keep you posted there. But I hope everybody has a good rest of their Wednesday night and, uh, and we'll see you really soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.